De la patrulla de Minos de California. Weather headlines for today, yes. Welcome to the Revenue Generator Podcast, an I Hear Everything production. In this podcast, you'll hear how industry leaders integrate sales, marketing, product, and customer success into a single business unit with a common goal of optimizing their revenue cycle. We'll unearth how innovators integrate data, technology, people, and processes to expedite demand generation and increase recurring revenue. Sit back, tune in, and get ready to meet a member of the Revenue Generation. Here's the host of the Revenue Generator podcast, the CMO of Lean Data, Doug Bell. Welcome to the Revenue Generator podcast, where we members of the Revenue Generation share solutions for how you can integrate your business to optimize revenue. I'm your host and the CMO of Lean Data, Doug Bell. And today we're going to discuss how tech can modernize the customer experience and build and scale a high-performance marketing team. Joining us is Jen Jones, who is the Chief Marketing Officer at Commerce Tools, which is the world's leading digital commerce platform that allows you to create powerful, highly customized commerce experiences while building a profitable, sustainable brand. And today, Jen and I are going to discuss modernizing the customer experience. Okay, here's my conversation with Jen Jones, the Chief Marketing Officer at Commerce Tools. Jen, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. I'm always so excited to talk to fellow CMOs, Jen. Our jobs are super hard, and so I think we connect quickly on great topics. And I have to say, modernizing the customer experience is such a great topic because I feel like so often... The customer experience is not what we want it to be. So, Jen, for you, what is that modern standard? What does a modern customer experience feel and look like for the end customer? Well, I think when we when we talk about building modern customer experiences, to me, it comes down to being ready for anything because what we define as modern today will be outdated before we know it. And I always joke with other CMOs that it's sort of, you know, a big part of our job is looking into our crystal ball and trying to predict what's coming next and, and being there and being ready for it. So I think core to creating a modern experience and is really being ready to jump on whatever trend that's important to your customers or will be meaningful to your brand. I like the definition, but it's got to be awfully hard to stay on top of those trends. What are some of the ways that you'd recommend just staying in front of the trends as they're happening for your customers? Yeah, I think, you know, CMOs, one of the challenges is in addition to our very busy day jobs, you have to be out there talking to customers. You've got to be out there in the market. You can't lose touch with what's actually happening. So some of it is just doing that, making that part of your day-to-day and keeping your finger on the pulse of what's actually happening in your market. I think it's easy for us to get so busy internally that we forget that piece. So I think one, you know, keeping in touch And then two is just building a structure of flexibility because you can't predict everything. So for me, it's about how do you build a flexible team, a flexible tech stack, and just a flexible mentality so that when something does pop up and surprise you or there is a real opportunity you can go after, you're set up to take advantage of that. You're not looking at how do I build a team? How do I restructure my tech stack? How do I make these big heavy lifts to try and catch up? So the way to look at this potentially is how do we build in flexibility into our tech stacks and into our processes, and then the mindset of the people that we're in charge of managing to ensure that we're creating those great customer experiences. Is there any one of those categories that you feel like is a bigger challenge than the other? It's a great question. You know, I think it depends a lot of the particular company and role that you're at. You know, I think I've had each of those be a challenge in some way or another. 
probably depends on the market that you're in, the team you have. You know, I've had great teams and then all of a sudden it's about having the, the money or the company support to build the right tech stack. Or sometimes you can have all the tech in the world and, and the people who know how to bend it to your will, but hiring's a challenge or attention's a challenge. So I think those things can all be a challenge and it's how do you manage them all at once. And then how about from the perspective of the world we live in typically, which is that B2B world versus the world that we encounter as consumers ourselves, do you feel like you see some cross-pollination, both positive and negative between kind of the B2C world in terms of customer support versus the B2B world of customer advocacy? Do you see those two kind of learning from each other? And is that really the modern standard we want to get to and that we're kind of cross-pollinating between the two? Yeah, I think so. I think for me, I, I like reading and listening, even though I've always been a B2B marketer, I've always worked on the B2B side, but I try and read a lot about B2C marketing trends, listen to B2C podcasts, learn from what's happening in the B2C world. I think we're solving different challenges. I hope B2C marketers do the same with us B2B marketers, right? We're dealing with thing, a lot more complexity in our buy cycles. Typically, we're trying to explain really hard things in simple terms. So we have different challenges, but I think B2C marketers their trends are moving so much faster, right? They're responding so much quicker. B2B tends to just evolve a little bit slower. So we can see some of those trends evolve in the B2B, B2C side and then adapt them or know that they might be coming our way because our B2B buyers are B2C consumers in their day jobs or their daily lives, really, I guess would be a better way to say it. So yeah, I think there's a lot for us to learn from each other. And I think, you know, B2C, they're dealing with scale, they're dealing with speed, they're really on the cutting edge of customer expectations. And we do see that bleed over. So Jen, I really have to ask, because I feel like as CMOs, we have to stay on top of some other really big trends. And a few that are popping up for me that I know tend to either benefit or actually detract from the customer experience. One is what I'll call the flywheel. I think HubSpot's done a really brilliant job of promoting this concept of the customer sort of being at the center of your growth model, right? And you're, you're looking for every opportunity to reduce friction and you're looking for every opportunity to create momentum. And that feels like an example of, you know, a trend that I would say would generally speaking really help us modernize that customer experience. Have you been encountering that? Is that something you look at as a model that would potentially help if you're thinking about modernizing the customer experience? I mean, definitely from a B2B perspective, right? If we look at what we do on the marketing side, there's that stat that changes every year. And I, I've apologize for not remembering the, the source off the top of my head, but the percentage of research that B2B buyers do before they want to engage with a sales rep, right? We've seen that go from 50% to 55 to 60. It's like 70% now. And in their minds, that's their buy cycle. Their buy cycle isn't when they jump in and have a conversation with a salesperson, right? That's as companies, we often think of that as their buy cycle. But from a buyer perspective, it's the second they start thinking about it, even before they start researching. So I think to start to, to look at that flywheel, to borrow your word, and think all the way from the very beginning, how do we reduce friction? You know, simple things that we've been talking about in B2B marketing land for a while, right? Forms, how do we reduce the size of forms or eliminate them entirely? How do we just encourage people to do that research on their own, trusting that they'll get to the right place? So I think there's a lot that we we need to think about and be more deliberate about and be willing to change and really put ourselves in the buyer's shoes and realize that they're in a buy cycle, even if they're just Googling us. 
That's such a good point, right? You're, you're speaking to, and I, I forget the exact stat too. So welcome to the memory club, Jen. But it, it's the it's the percentage of the buyer's journey that sales and marketing organizations are exposed to. And right, it was at 1.50%. I think it's below 20%. Now, this is Gartner who tracks it. I'm pretty sure you walk in the door at Gartner and it's this, there's this buyer's journey thermometer. It just keeps going down. It's like, it's down to 3%. Yeah, something like that. Some tiny, like at one point, we're just not going to actually encounter our buyers and they'll just buy things automatically through robots. But, I, and I really like the way you're looking at this, which is to say the customer experience begins with the first sales touch. That's the beginning of the customer experience. Don't think of it in the context of they've signed a contract. Now it's our job to make sure they don't turn on us, right? <laughs> they don't right, turn on right. us, so to speak. So I like that perspective, and I think it makes a ton of sense. And then what you're really saying at the end of the day is when you're thinking about the holistic experience, begin at the beginning of that buyer's journey, but not the piece you can touch, right? What is your prospect's experience hitting the website? Is it difficult to find pricing information? Are the forms easy to complete? Do they feel like they understand what you're saying? And I have to say, one of my favorite stats that's deeply confused, I think, Jen, is bounce rate is an example of poor experiences. And I will tell you, when you see those really high bounce rates, it's such an easy heuristic for us as CMOs to go, that's the problem. So my question for you is, what do you do when all that obvious stuff is out of the way? What are you looking to, is that the people piece? Is that the data piece for you, Jen? Like, once you feel like you've got that prospect experience and it's perfect, what's next? So, yeah. People always first. I feel like, you know, I can't do every job in the marketing department. That's not my job. I tell everyone, all my direct reports, we're only as good as the people who report to us. They're only as good as the people that report to them. You know, it's really the the parts are greater than the whole. So you have to have the right people, but then you have to have that collaborative, again, flexible mindset within your team so that everybody is working together and they don't just have their silos going and you, you know, where you get a lot of great people doing great work, but completely unintegrated with each other. Because again, our, our customers, our buyers don't care how we're organized. They don't care if the web marketing team sits in this team or this team. It's not there. They don't care. They're just looking for information and they don't see our organizational silos. They don't see that the events team is separate. And so they're going to have this message. And then when they want to engage with this white paper, well, that's a different team. So it might feel different. So I really focus on people first to try and make that consistency start to happen within a marketing program or within a marketing department. And then the other piece that you mentioned analytics, I think that's got to be core to everything that you do. You can work together all day long, but if you're not working together on moving the right metrics, you're, you're not really being collaborative. So I know you say flywheel. I always talk about the well-oiled machine and you've got to have these dials and know you have to know different tactics will move different pieces of the funnel. You have to know if your webinar program is that driving net new leads who have never heard of you before? Is that really further down in the funnel? So that if you're looking at your marketing pipeline and where people are in their journey with you, because they don't just Google you and then want to talk to a sales rep, they've got to go through that process. They've got to do that learning on their own before they're ready to engage. So you have to know which tactics are helping move them through, answer their questions at the right spot. And that all comes back to analytics. And that's interesting because I, I feel like we talked about the flywheel just a wee bit as a rubric for us to talk about putting the customer at the middle, right? And in particular, you're saying that it's the prospect. Start with the prospect, putting them in the middle. The other trend that I've seen out there, Jen, and I've either directly experienced it or just you know watched the rise of an industry is this idea of the account-based strategy. And I feel like that's also been something that has forced 
marketers to reconsider how they think about success for the prospect. Have you seen that also helping marketers kind of modernize their perspective on outreach and messaging and positioning when it comes to making that connection with prospects? Yeah, definitely. I think especially in B2B land and where we're talking more enterprise sales, which are bigger, longer, more complex deals, right? It's a it's a little bit of a falsehood to think that there's a single buyer, right? That's not the way buying works at all. We know that even at smaller companies like us, when we're looking to buy a piece of technology, it's multiple people involved. There's five people on the demo from our side, and then there's multiple people who are reading about it later and somebody else who's signing the contract. So that's what B2B buyers look like these days when you're talking about complex enterprise deals. Now, there's still plenty of things that we buy that are just put your credit card down. It really is one person making a decision, right? And that's, I think, needs to have a different approach and different model. But for those of us who are selling to accounts and not to a single person, that account-based approach, I think, has helped us, again, think of things more from the buyer's shoes, in the putting ourselves in the buyer's seat, thinking of it from their perspective. And that if there's five buyers around the table from my company looking at a piece of software, we all have different needs. We all have different depth in the sale. So looking at it more from an account-based approach just helps you serve those prospects better. Which makes tons of sense. Jenna, I really enjoyed our conversation today. Me too. Thanks for having me. All right. That wraps up this episode of the Revenue Generator Podcast. Thanks to Jen Jones, Chief Marketing Officer at Commerce Tools for joining us in part two of this interview, which we'll publish tomorrow. Jen and I are going to dig in and talk about building a world-class marketing team. If you can't wait until our next episode, we'd like to learn more about Jen. You can find a link to her LinkedIn profile in her show notes, or you can contact her on Twitter, where her handle is Jen, E-R-A-L-E, Jones, or visit her company website at commercetools.com. Just one link in our show notes I want to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while listening to this podcast, head over to RevGenPod.com, where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can subscribe to our weekly newsletter, apply to be a speaker on the Revenue Generator podcast, or you can even share your revenue generation questions, which we'll answer live in the show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is at RevGenPod on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is Market Advocate. If you haven't subscribed yet and want a daily stream of RevGen strategies in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit that subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed on the next business day, okay? That's all for today. But until next time, keep cranking because the revenue isn't going to generate itself.